Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. If you don't care about people, I don't want you to share your faith. Let me say that again. If you do not care about people, I do not want you to share your faith. Welcome to church. I'm Pastor Jen. (laughs) I do not hold back a punch. Church, are we here tonight? Are we in the building? I cannot, yes, that is it. I need to hear something. Let me hear something, okay? This is the second time preaching. I need something. All right, I need some Holy Spirit. We are talking about mission is your vocation tonight. Hello, online church. Um, press in. I know that when you're at home, it's easy to kind of switch off when the messages or jump on your phone and whatever. Don't do it. Put it away. Let's listen and hear what God has to say to you uh, tonight as well. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about mission. Our series is called For the City. Last week, Mike preached on mission to your family. And today, I'm going to preach on mission is your vocation. And so Mike explained mission um, quite simply and quite well last week. And so I just want to share that with you again. He talked about how mission is like a two-sided coin, that essentially we have evangelism and we have justice. And we can't have mission without both. So evangelism is when we uh, talk to people about Jesus, we share Jesus, and mission and, um, And justice is about when we go out into the world and be hands and feet of Jesus. And so we look at it like uh, share, serve, share, serve. And so we want you to do both. We think that you need both of that missional coin to actually do mission. And so if you've been here for a while, you would have heard us talk about mission is your vocation. And essentially when we say vocation, we're not necessarily talking about your job although we could be. We're talking about your job, we're talking about your school, your university, uh, your basketball team, your running group, if that's your jam, or whatever you do, wherever you are, that is your vocation. And God's called you to do mission in your vocation. So it's your whole life, which is a lot to cover in one sermon. So bear with me. Pastor Mike on Thursday said to me, hey, Jen, this is like this is like the most important message of the series. I'm like, Thanks, Mike. Really needed that on a Thursday. It's beautiful. Hey, I was um, praying about this sermon um, over this week and I've been, you know, thinking and praying and writing and I actually wrote four sermons this week. I wrote four and I was like, I probably can't preach four to you. I'll just choose one of them. You're welcome. But when I was praying about this, I really felt that I wanted to bring you into the story. So I'm going to bring you into my story today. So today is going to look a little bit different to perhaps um, what you're used to. And my prayer is that as you hear some of my story, that you can hear and you can see God in that story. So what is mission? What is mission in your vocation? Well, mission is the idea of sharing about Jesus and being like Jesus. Jesus cared about people and Jesus cared about the world that God created. He didn't just care about one or the other. He cared about both and we see it throughout Scripture. 
You know, I, I knew God for a pretty young age. My mom said that before I even left the hospital, that she reckoned I had an encounter with God because she said I looked over the shoulder, I looked over her shoulder, and everyone who knows babies are only a few days old, they don't really capture anything. But she, I looked over the shoulder, and um, oh, I looked over her shoulder apparently, and I giggled. And she said, I swear you saw something that nobody else can see. And then at the age of about four, I was sitting in the front row, just where Jimmy is. Um, I was a bit shorter than Jimmy, so I could swing my legs like this. <laughs> and um, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I felt almost like water wash over me. And I went home and I told my mom, and she was like, that's the power of the, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I've always kind of, um, I guess, perhaps had a, a feeling of God, a presence of God, and that has shaped my life. So... I was a um, super passionate kid. If you can imagine uh, me as like an eight-year-old, still just as loud, still just as energetic, perhaps even louder. And I used to talk so fast that sometimes when I left messages on the answer machine, my dad had to ask my sister to interpret it because he actually couldn't understand what I was saying. The other day, my mom had to stop, like, change back listening from, like, times two on the podcast to to normal speak because she couldn't understand me at times two. But anyway, it's another story. Um, So I was this kid. I was this... I was a a weird kid. Let's put it that way. All right? So... (laughs) I was a strange child. There is one in every family. Mike, you've only got one child in your family. So what's that saying? Um, I was that kid that wore double denim before double denim was cool to wear. I was that one that in those photos are always like, who's that child? Yeah, I was that. There is one in every family. That was me. But I think, you know, Jenny, 36-year-old Jenny now is actually really proud of 8-year-old Jenny back then. Jenny, who had a passionate faith and who would tell anybody about the love of Jesus Christ. You know, I I learned very early on that the best way to evangelize to other children is not to tell them that unless they believe in Jesus, they're going to hell. That just makes them cry. It also makes you not have heaps of friends. So, you know, I grew up, I learned how to actually share the gospel. I learned what it means to tell people about Jesus in a way that helps them understand the love of Christ. But, you know, 36-year-old Jenny is still really passionate about Jesus. And I'm, I'm passionate um, to the point that sometimes I have to remember that there's justice and evangelism. Sometimes I know for some of you, you might focus on the justice side of of the coin. You know, like I'm all about justice. I'm all about saving the world, which is seriously awesome. We need less plastics in this world. Um, And there's some of you that are all about evangelism. It's, it's, It's evangelism, 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 but we've got to do both. And as I grew up, I started to realize that there are ways to tell people about Jesus. And what it does is it starts with listening to God and then acting on that. As a child, I um, remember that my mum and dad were both really good at mission in their home. I grew up with randoms in my home all the time. Like, I just thought they were people that mum and dad met on the street. As I grew older, I realised they were probably people in the church that had need. They probably weren't people just walking along the street, although, you know, they could have been. Um, you know, my mum modelled how what it means to do mission really well. One time, a couple of years back, she... Um, was uh, she has this fairly fairly new house, fairly decent house, and she was getting it painted. And I said to mom, 
why are you getting it painted? You don't really need your house painted. And she said, well, actually, there's a refugee in my church who actually needs a job and needs money. So she um, needs purpose. And so she actually got her inside of her house painted and paid this guy to come in and paint her house because she knew that he needed uh, a job, he needed something to do, and he needed finance. And so she worked out that she could do mission to him in that way. So I've grown up with this. This is kind of normal. So when Mike asked me to preach on mission is your vocation, I felt very confident that I could uh, share with you some stories that I really hope you hear God in these stories. We're going to open up the scriptures though. So if you've got a Bible, open up to Galatians 5 for me. If you don't, it'll be on the screen behind you. And we're going to read verse 13 and 14, just a short one. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when you think of mission, what I want you to think about is how do I love people? All right, I want you to think that. How do I love people? What does it mean to really love my neighbor? Now, I'm not talking today about my family, although that's important, but Mike preached about that. What I'm talking about is that person that lives, your physical neighbor. What I'm talking about is that person that's sitting next to you in church. What I'm talking about is that person that you do, um, you're at work with. The people that are around you, perhaps people that don't look anything or act anything like you. Perhaps people who do not have the same belief as you. When it comes to neighbours, we've had we've got some, we've got these great neighbours at the moment who we love and adore and and hang out with often, and uh, we've had some great neighbours over the years. And one of our neighbours in our old place we used to live in, they were perhaps just a bit harder to love, let's say, and um, they had some really deep struggles in their life. And part of being a good neighbour for us in that season actually looked like breaking up some fights. Uh, being a good neighbour meant that we, I had to give up nappies for my child so her kid could have nappies. Being a good neighbour meant that I had to babysit or I, I babysat her kid, even though I knew she wouldn't babysit mine. It meant opening up my shed for, uh, for one of them to sleep in when they couldn't be in their home for a few nights. Being a neighbour to people looks different no matter where you're at. And sometimes being a good neighbour meant praying with her or praying for her often, and it meant talking to her about Jesus. One of the things I learned very early on in life is if you don't care for people's needs, they're not going to care what you have to say. In the scripture that we're looking at today, Paul says you are free. And I was thinking this week, what does that mean? What does it mean to be free? Well, I think what it means is I don't have to do anything. I don't actually have to live on mission. I don't actually have to do justice, right? I don't actually have to tell people about Jesus. But on the flip side, I'm also free to tell people about Jesus. I'm also free to, um, to help people. I'm free to do mission. 
One of the things that by Jesus dying on the cross is you, you're, there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ, that we are set free. But we are set free to go out on mission. Matthew 28 says, go out and make disciples of all nations. Now, many of you have heard that. But when we hear that, we think, oh, I have to go out. And I want to flip that on its head. I think what Jesus actually wanted from us was that he wanted us to want to go out and share the gospel. He wanted us to go out on mission. And the freedom that we're given, the freedom that Paul is actually talking about is a freedom to love and to serve out of the overflow of us being loved. We're not actually called to serve out of obligation. We're called to serve out of love. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we have to do, we forget that we're actually able to do these things, that it's actually a joy when we serve out of the love that Jesus Christ has given to us. So if you want to live on mission and you want to show people that you love them, it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. In uh, When I was at school, my it looked different to share the gospel than it did as a young adult or as a teenager. It looked different to, to be on mission in my school. It looked different in my high school. You know, part of um, being in school, part of being in mission at school meant that one of the ways I did that was I was simply, I cared for friends. I was a good friend. I cared for people. You know, I would spend time with people. I probably wasn't the most popular kid in school, not just because I was weird, but because I actually stuck up for the people that were downtrodden. I didn't let people bully people without standing up and saying that that's wrong, that's not how we should treat them. You know, mostly at school, um, I would pray for people when I was at home or, you know, after school or before school, something like that. I, wouldn't necess- I didn't necessarily have the opportunity to pray with people in my schoolyard, but I did have an opportunity to pray for them at home, and that is doing mission as well. And you have, an, you have connection to the great high God. You have an opportunity to pray for them before you even head off to school. Now, I think in my teenage years, um, I wasn't particularly following Christ in the way that I should have. Um, or perhaps now I look back, I wish I, I wish I had. But one thing I did do is I loved people well. It had been inbuilt into me. When you're taught something at such a young age, when it's been what you've seen, uh, you, you actually, it's interesting. Like I see a lot of people and I think, you know, you, if you've encountered the presence of God, you actually can't walk away from it. It's one of those things that once you've encountered, really encountered the presence of God, you cannot walk away from it. It stays with you. So even when I don't think I was potentially living for God how I wanted to live, he was still using me and I was still an outworking of him. And when I hit about 20, um, I thought, you know what, I want to get serious about living on mission again. I want to get serious for Jesus. So I decided that um, perhaps I could do mission in my church. Now, this was an area when you think of mission, you don't necessarily think of doing mission in your church, but doing mission in your church is really important. Doing mission in this church is really important, friends. There are people in this church that need you to step up and do mission. There are people sitting next to you that are so lonely that need you to do mission for them. They need you to be there. Mission means helping people know Jesus a little bit better. And there are lots of ways to do that. 
If you run a life group, you're living on mission. You're doing mission. If you're feeding somebody in this building, you're living on mission. You know, this week I had someone make a meal for me. They were living out the mission and the love of God they have in their life to me. And that was really powerful, especially on certain week. You know, it's, it's never been uncommon for people to come into my home and to eat a meal. If people rock up um, at like around 5 o'clock, I'm going to feed you. So you'll come in. I can't say the food will be great. I'm not the best cook in the world. But you will have food on the table there for you because I believe that we're called to do mission to anybody that God brings into our life. And that means caring for them. That means providing for them. When, I, um, when we were younger, we used to have people rock up at a door at 5 or 5.30 and we'd say, hey, do you want to stay for dinner? And we'd put a food in front of them and I'd be running around trying to find bread or rice to kind of make it bigger. Now I just cook heaps of food. Like I just do that. That's just what I, partly because I have a boy who's almost a teenager and he eats a lot. <laughs> but partly for this reason, because I want to be available to do mission to anybody who walks into my, into my building, into my home. So if you want to live on mission inside this church, then you're going to have to be willing to give up your comfort zone, right? You're going to have to be willing to push yourself out of your comfort zone. It's actually kind of scary to go up and say, hey, do you want to come to dinner with me to somebody you don't even know? But that is living our mission in this building. You know, when you go over and when God gives you a word for someone, you go over and you pray for them and you share that word, that is living on mission, And we need a church that's going to go out and live on mission here as well as outside of this building. And can I be honest? Do you know what? Jesus died on the cross for you. So if you think that you're uncomfortable, you're not as uncomfortable as he was. So maybe it's time for you to do mission to the person sitting next to you. Maybe you can open up your home to the person who's lonely. You know, maybe you can invite someone else into your story. When someone comes into my home and, you know, if you come and stay with us, we'll just invite you into our family. You know, we'll, if we're watching a movie, you can watch a movie with us. If we're playing a board game, you can play a board game with us because part of uh, doing missions is inviting people into your story because it's not just your story. It's God's story through you. And so sometimes doing mission to the people that we know seems okay. I can kind of handle that. What about doing mission to our workplace? For some of you, that's a really scary one. You know, it should be easy to show the love of God to the people in the church. But what about those people outside? Perhaps the people that actually do look a little bit like us in our workplace. What does God say about that? Well, I worked in the media industry for 15 years. And the media industry is is quite a secular industry. Um, And I did things not heaps well, for sure, during that time. But... What I did do is I shared my faith openly. So I was honest about who I was, my flaws, my struggles, um, but also who I served. So what I decided was that if I would go into my workplace and ask people, how was your week? And they would come and they would tell me all the things that they did on the weekend or whatever. And then they would ask me, what did you do on the weekend? And I'd say, I went to church. And I decided that if they could tell me that their son kicked four goals in a soccer game, and how they had a coffee in the front uh, while watching them play, and it was this great mocker, and they got it from this awesome cafe, that I could say more than I just went to church. I could say, oh, I went to church, 
and I learned this or that, or I, I got to worship, which is, you know, what is worship? Well, I got to sing songs. They're like, is that karaoke? I'm like, kind of, yeah. So we don't all have a mic. I was honest about what I did. I shared my whole life with people. So Jesus is my whole life. And so I can't just go out and share a little bit of my life. I need to share my whole life. That's living on mission. Over the past 15 years, I've had so many people come into my office and sit on my couch and just ramble about their life, tell me what's going on in their world. And I was thinking this week, I was like, God, why did people do that? Why did they come in and sit on my couch and talk to me? I wasn't a pastor. I didn't have a theological degree. I didn't know everything about the scriptures or, you know, I wasn't even, wasn't even that old. Most of them were like 10, 15 years older than me. Why did they come and speak to me? And I had a bit of a revelation. God said, because you were there. Because you were there over and over again. Because you cared about people over and over again. Because I was real with the people that I worked with. Because I shared my life, my whole life. They felt like they could trust me. I think for some of us, we walk into our workplaces and we're just this different person. And I made a decision when I uh, was in that workplace that I wasn't going to be a different person, that I was going to be who God had called me to. So instead of um, picking, you know, picking up my phone and jumping on Facebook, whatever, I'd walk down to the reception desk and I'd talk to Linda. She was the best. And I would say, Linda, how's your week going? What's been happening? How's your kid? I learned their names. And it's been 15 years and I've forgotten her, her daughter's name, but I do remember her name is Linda. Um, you know, I asked, how, how is your family? How's your life? I walked the journey with them. They have a story. You have a story. And we are all a part of that. And so in your workplace, what does it take to live on mission? It takes a living faith, a love for Jesus, and a love for people. It's going in every day, living out your faith, owning your mistakes, People don't need you to be perfect. They need you to be real in your mess-ups. Not act like Christians don't sin because you do, right? We all do. They need you to see that you're going to show your life with an act of grace because your life is a gift of grace and they need to see that in you. They need to see how you shut down gossip, not by telling them that they're wrong and they shouldn't gossip because the thing is, you're human too and you gossip too. What they actually need you to do is start to shape the culture that they're in. They need you to speak highly of other people. They need you to um, tell somebody that they're cared for. They need you to actually love them and love them well. You know, when I was in the, in the industry, I, um, I found that when at the end of a film that it had started, rather than me shaping the culture, it had started to shape me. And so I found when I come out of working on a film, they're around nine to ten weeks, that, that I guess my the language I was I was walking around probably swearing more than I I, do, I, do, I don't swear. My family has always brought me up uh, to not do that. But what it was doing was starting to shape who I was, and I was starting to change my behaviour. And so one day I made a decision. I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to get let the world shape me. I need God to shape me. And so I'd been in that, in that job for a while. They knew me. Um, it was a, you know, we had good relationship. And so I said, right, guys and one girl, I'm going to bring out a swear jar. 
And I was like, the money's going to go to mission, but it's going to be in my room. And if you enter through my room, you can stand outside my room and swear your head off. When you enter into my room, my rules. And I was like, because you know what? I'm going to change the culture. And, and, you know, because I had a relationship with them, they laughed and they'd come in and, and one of my bosses would come in, drop $20 in there and be like, there's my credit for the week. I was like, that's great. It's going to mission, but, you know, just trying to change behavior, but that's okay. Um, you know, but what it started to do was people started to realize that things were different with me, that I wasn't the same as everybody else, that I was different because church... You are different. If you're a follower of Christ, you are different. Someone said to me this week, they were like, I feel different. I feel slightly weird. I said, you are. You're a follower of Jesus. It is different and that's okay. You're meant to be different. Now, I could do this. I could bring in a swear jar to my work and I could start to shift culture and change things because people could see that I loved them. They knew that I loved them first. That really, if they needed to come and sit on my couch and cry and have a fit and yell and whatever else, they could do that. I wasn't going to judge them. I was going to love them and allow God to change them. If you want to do mission with your whole life, if you want to live out the Great Commission in Matthew 28, then you need to love people in the same way that Jesus loves them. When we think about stories where Jesus went out on mission, can I tell you, he talked with people, he sat with people, he healed people, he prayed for them, he loved them, he lived his whole life on mission. And I know that we can be a church that lives our whole life on mission. The truth is, a life a life on mission comes out of a love for Jesus. Why would you let someone sleep on your couch? Why would you give money to a stranger? Why would you feed someone in need? You wouldn't unless you knew the love of Jesus first. You hear the, the line, because he first loved us. That is why we do mission, because he first loved us us. So if you sit here and you think, well, I'm pretty rubbish at mission in my workplace or in my school, it's okay. Paul says in Galatians 5, you are free. You are set free to live on mission. So the first thing you have to do is turn to Jesus. Let me remind you, he loves you. He is growing you and he has set you free from condemnation. We live in a world that says self-care is the most important thing you can do, right? That you must look after self. It must all be about self. And while I love a good bath by candlelight, I feel like I am seeing a generation that is more depressed and more anxious than any generation I've seen before. And I wonder, part of me wonders, maybe that's because we've started to be so inward focused when we're meant to be upward focused. We're actually not meant to be looking inside of us. We're actually meant to be looking inside of these scriptures. We're actually meant to be looking up to what Christ has done or out, however you want to think about it like that. It's so important, church. You were actually made to pour out. You were actually created. If you're feeling empty, can I encourage you, pour out. 
Allow God to fill you, but don't sit in that. Don't just sit. What happens when you fill up a cup of water and you just leave it? It goes yuck, right? I have to change the water in my water bottle every day or two because it goes yuck. It goes stale. It goes moldy. It's horrible. We're not created to just be filled up and to leave it inside of us. We're created to pour out, to pour out the love that we've been given. So can I encourage you, come to worship, participate in worship, be filled, but pour out. Keep pouring out. Pour out onto others. Pour out to people in this building. Pour out to those in your workplace. Pour out in your relationships. Allow God to fill you and then pour out. I'm all for Sabbath. I totally believe in Sabbath. I totally believe in self-care, but not at the expense of pouring out because I just don't believe it works that way. We're filled up to pour out. You, Your life is a part of God's story. You are a part of his story. My stories are just my stories. And I have had some terrible moments where I have not done this well, friends. But I am a part of God's story and I know that he wants to use me and I know that he wants to use you to be on mission. You need to see all that you do that it's on mission. You are a part of God's story. Your life has value and God wants you to live on mission. He needs you to because he doesn't want you to miss out on the blessings that come from living on mission. There was a guy in my workplace and he was an atheist and he would come and make fun of my faith and he would ask me so many questions about God and I did my best to answer them or to say, actually, I don't know, I'll go away and I'll research that, I'll pray about it. You know, and we would joke around and have fun and, you know, we actually became really good friends. He had a different belief to me but we became really friends and I started walking alongside him. He left uh, the post house that I was working in and, and five years later I was still there and I get this email because obviously he knows my email address and we haven't really had much contact. But after five years he emails me and he says, my wife and I are struggling to have kids, will you pray for me? This was not a guy that I had an opportunity to pray for in, in person, lay hands on. He wasn't an oppo- a guy who, um, when I've talked about the gospel, that he seemed to even listen at all. But God was doing a work in him. And because I was obedient in sharing my faith, in loving him really well, when, when, it, when rubber hit the road, when he needed it, he asked me for prayer. And so I wrote back to him and I said, I'm praying for you. You know, I gave him a scripture verse to encourage him. And then I left it with God. And I know that God is is working in him. I don't know where he's at right now. But God, use me and Ben, you can come on up. This is the blessing, friends. Seeing people come one step closer to knowing the same love of God that I have. That's the real blessing. At the start, I said, you have to care about people to share the gospel. I said, I don't want you to share the gospel if you don't care about people. And I said that for a reason. 
Because I think that God calls us to care about people, that he wants us to love people. The greatest way we can show anybody we love them is by telling them the love of Jesus and being the hands and feet of Jesus to them. So you can care about the homeless person on the street. You can care about your neighbour. You can care about your work, your work colleague. And when you care about them, it's your job then to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Isaiah says, how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news. You can share the whole gospel with your whole life lived out on mission. Mission is your vocation. And while it might sound scary, it's actually a real freedom to live fully for Christ in every area of your life. It's actually a real freedom to pour out when God pours in. When you're buying ethical clothes, you're actually being the hands and feet of Jesus to people in third world countries. When you're recycling or watching your single-use plastics, you're actually caring for the world that He created, that He has called us to care for. Maybe it's inviting that person that you don't know well into your story. Maybe it's treating them in the same way Jesus would have treated them. Or perhaps for you, it's simply stopping at the desk of someone in your workplace tomorrow and saying, how was your weekend? How are you actually caring about people in your workplace? Friends, that is powerful. And it is fulfilling the law to love your neighbour as yourself. You can live on mission. Let's start by living out of the overflow. Let's lift our eyes up and let's join in His story. You are an important part of His story and you have an important part to play. Today, let's come back to the well and let's let Him fill us so that we can go out on mission. Let's not let Him fill us so that we sit dormant with our faith. Let Him fill us, church, so we can pour out again. It's time, church, to pour out again. It's time to share the love that you have from Jesus Christ with others. I'm going to pray and we're going to worship. And I just encourage you, what is God saying to you? Is God saying, actually, I want you to cross the room and pray for somebody? Is He calling you? Is He giving you somebody on your mind that He wants you to invest into, that He wants you to love? What's He calling you to do in mission? How is mission going to be your whole life? How are you going to live out on mission? Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. 
And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.